Hello and welcome to the Life Enchanted podcast. We're on a mission to optimize our lives through faith, health, wisdom, and much more. Thank you for joining us on our journey. Here now is our host, Nick Carlisle. What is good, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Nick Carlisle here, and welcome back to another episode of the Life Enchanted podcast, where I tend to nerd out on all things faith, health, interesting, and optimizing. If you're not already following me on Instagram, at nick.carlisle, that is, go ahead and find me on there, hit that follow button, send me a DM perhaps. I am very active on the gram and would love to connect with you personally. This episode, as always, is brought to you by MyLifeEnchanted.com, which is where you can find all things related to the Life Enchanted movement. I have a free 30-page eating guide on there. I have some links to some of my favorite products. I have some hoodies and some shirts I designed. The Truth Pack is on there as well. So go check all of that out. Thanks again for tuning in. Now let's get into it. My guest for this episode is the founder and owner of Gut Check Nutritional Therapy, Stacy Mage. Stacy is a functional nutritional therapy practitioner, or FNTP for short. She specializes in a holistic approach that helps people heal their guts, optimize their immune systems, develop clean eating habits, and much more. She has a master's degree in education and a bachelor's degree in exercise science. She served as a Navy hospital corpsman for multiple years working in hospitals overseas. She is a mother, she is a wife, she's an inspiration, and she was super fun to talk to. So without further ado, my conversation with Stacy Mage. Stacy, we're live. Thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to talk with you. Yes, it's my pleasure. Um, so I wanted to start with a little bit of your background because I personally know very little of it. And I'm curious as to how you got to where you are today doing what you do. So walk us through a little bit of your story, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I was the kid that always had the stomach aches. I always, you know, my, my tummy was always upset. I was always going home from school, calling my mom saying, my tummy hurts, my tummy hurts. I was super stressed as a little kid. I had like, I was diagnosed with an ulcer when I was the ripe old age of eight. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Mainly because my, my dad, um, from the time I was seven, he was diagnosed with cancer mm. and you know, that's stressful for a little kid. And he was dying. And I watched it. My brother and I had to kind of watch it all happen. And he died when I was eight. And that is sort of the beginning of when my my gut issues really started. Wow. Um, yeah, it's pretty intense. And yeah. that's a lot for a kid to go through. And it was a lot for a kid to to process. And my mom did everything she could, you know, with with supporting me in any way she could. But back then, like, we didn't know that gut health was so important and, and mm-hmm. how it relates to your emotional health as well and your mental well-being. And so, you know, I was just taking all the, I remember just chugging bottles of Mylanta and Pepto-Bismol and that was, <laughs> that was the thing that I was given, right? And, <laughs> and I just thought that's supposed to make me feel better and it never really did. But um, so, yeah, I mean, fast forward, like, 
into college, it was, you know, I, I still had gut issues. I was still the one that was like run to the bathroom after every meal and, and couldn't figure out which foods were causing me problems. And then fast forward even more, I went into the military and, and spent a lot of time, you know, out in the field with MREs and eating garbage food in the chow halls and stuff. Yeah. And, wondering why my gut was such a mess and by the way the military gives motrin out like you know candy mm. so for every ailment you have you just take mega doses of motrin which again wrecks the gut yes. which i know now but so yeah i mean just all of that stuff kind of compounded over this lifetime um it finally you know i i went to war when i was in the military in uh 2003 and um, you know, everything was great when I was over there. It's that whole fight or flight thing, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and so I was great. I was like, oh, all of my digestive issues went away. This is amazing. And too bad I'm like in the middle of the giant sandbox. But um, <laughs> and then when I when I came home, that's when everything kind of fell apart. Like mm. that's when the body was like, uh-uh, we're done. Um, and it got eight billion times worse. And I started to, you know, really seek some help went to all of the, you know, gastroenterologists, all the GI specialists, and went to Stanford, went to all the places. And they all said, no, you're great on paper. Like, all your labs came back fine. You're, you're fine. And I, you know, was like, I'm too young to, to deal with this kind of stuff. And yeah. this is not going to be my new normal. So I went to all the other practitioners, right? I went to acupuncture. I went to naturopathic doctors. I went to all of them, even like some of the crazy stuff that I'm just like scratching my head going, I don't know if this is going to work, yeah. but it's worth a try, right? Yes. And um, went on all the supplements and, and did all that. But nobody ever really addressed diet. No one talked about food. So that's when, you know, like the whole gluten-free thing really started. I was like, oh, what's that about? Let's, let's kind of dig into that a little bit. So I started fiddling with food and started to feel better. I took out gluten, felt better. Took out mm. dairy, felt better took out, you know, some of the other inflammatory foods and really started to um, watch myself heal. So in the midst of all that, I kind of thought to myself, well, you know, if I do ever figure this out, um, I have to go back to school in whatever capacity to help other people because everybody I talk to, you know, nobody talks about poop. That's not something yeah. that is generally, you know, it's kind of <laughs> taboo, but I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling so much better. I don't have diarrhea anymore. And people are like, oh my gosh, I had diarrhea. That's really bad. Like, yeah. what'd you do? Right. <laughs> so <laughs> all the, all my mom friends and whatever that I'd talk to, you know, they're all like, oh yeah, I'm struggling with that too. And I have, you know, some other issue that's related. And, you know, I just thought, oh my gosh, so many people are struggling with very similar issues and, but nobody's talking about it. Mm -hmm. Everybody's going to their doctor and their doctor is saying, no, you're fine. Everything's good. Take this pill. Right. And, yes. and I just said, well, I'll, I have to, I have to figure this out. And then I have to go back to school in whatever capacity to, you know, help other people. So, you know, I've got this master's degree in, in education. I've got an undergraduate degree in exercise science. I was a personal trainer forever. And, you know, I went back to school. Once I figured out the food thing, I was like, okay, I got to get certified in some way so that I can help other people legally. Mm -hmm. And so I went back and became a functional nutritional therapy practitioner. And we're just, we're trained to balance the body using food as medicine and to support all of the foundational pillars in the body and digestion being one of the, one of the big ones. Um, so yeah, that's, I, I came back from war and, you know, stopped all the things and, and, uh, really started tackling food and yeah, it's, it's been incredible 
for myself, obviously, but it's been incredible to help other people heal their bodies as well. Totally. Yeah. And that story is so common. Like when you, when you listen to podcasts and hear other people who are into wellness and healing and stuff like that, um, speak about their experience of it. It's, it's so common. People suffer and they struggle and they, they search and they search and they can't find an answer. Um, and then they, they start to combine different aspects of healing that they're discovering like you said you tried the acupuncture and naturopathic medicine that and then you Mm -hmm. kind of find your own way and then you start to share those things like wow if this helped me if this worked for me then it's probably going to help at least one other person and that's a similar story for why i started the life enchanted podcast as well but i i love hearing that because i think it for the listeners it instills hope because like you said a lot of people struggle with this stuff um, yeah. But yeah, so much there in your story. A, thank you for your service and oh, of course, uh, you know, fighting pleasure. for our country. That's uh, very commendable and I appreciate that. We appreciate that. Um, <laughs> but just rewinding the clock back, you said your gut issues started to manifest around age eight. So knowing what you know now and then reflecting on your childhood, what do you think caused those gut issues other than uh the stress that you mentioned which we know has a big effect on the gut but what else do you think caused those early stages of gut unhealth yeah that's a great question um you know it was i'm a product of the 80s i mean i was born in the 70s but in the 80s that's when our food changed Mm. that's really when farming changed um, the food industry started to really take a shift towards ultra-processed stuff, right? I mean, remember the Hungry Man TV dinners that came out in the 80s? Like, we loved those. I mean, we were all about, you know, eating as a family, and we would have balanced meals. But, man, the microwaves came out, and the TV dinners came out, and we're just like, oh, a special treat. This is amazing, and sodas and, and all that stuff. So not to say that I ate terribly all the time, mm-hmm. but um, – you know, that's, I think, when when things started to shift, like yeah. more chemicals became apparent, you know, in our food system and, and you know, farming just changed, not for the better. Yes. So I think that definitely, like, knowing what I know now, and I, I can't know for sure, but mm-hmm. knowing what I know now, I'm kind of like, you know, that probably play, played a pretty big role totally. in you know, the decline in my health. So yeah. I don't know. Just crap food. Question. Yeah. yeah. No, I, mean, I mean, I'm sure you're spot on with that. As we've started to see, it seems like the science from that era um, is starting to uh, be proven faulty and misguided and that a lot of the things we thought were beneficial for agriculture and farming and, you know, feeding mm-hmm. masses of people are turning around to bite us in the butt and cause this epidemic of obesity and chronic disease and mental exactly. unhealth. Health. Yeah, yeah, I think you're spot on. But at least we are coming to our senses and realizing this. Some we of us are. are. Very slowly. Very slowly. Yes. And it's, you know, it, it took decades to get us to this point, And it will likely take us decades to kind of, you know, dig our way out of it. But I'm definitely hopeful that, you know, there's more people like like you and, and, and other people out there that are like, you know, waking up to it and opening their eyes going, Hey, wait, maybe I shouldn't put that in my body. Totally. I know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned you're a FNTP functional nutritional therapy practitioner. What, what does your professional life consist of right now? Um, so it's, it's shifting. So, um, I opened up when I first, um, First graduated, I opened up my my own clinic, right? I just I opened up Gut Check and 
started seeing clients right away, people that had digestive issues, right? All the tummy troubles that, you know, people that would dead end at it in Western medicine, their doctors would say, nope, you're fine. Everything's great on your labs. Mm -hmm. Um, So those people would find me and we would fix their guts. That was, that's what I did for several years, um, probably going on five years now. And it just got to the point where, you know, and I, I started teaching cooking classes too, because I would, I would see these clients and I'd help them and I'd say, okay, stop eating this and this and this and start eating this and this. And they'd look at me and go, I don't know how to cook that way. What are you talking about? And I'm like, Oh, just come over and I'll teach you like have a little <laughs> cooking class. Yeah. Right. And that turned into this whole like cooking class thing that, that I'm doing now. Um, so it really just morphed into this, this huge project. And I've spent a lot of time on these cooking classes and various other projects. And I, I just recently stopped seeing one-on-one clients just so that I can focus more on education um, and classes for the masses um, rather than, you know, helping one person at a time. I want to help several people at a time um, just to kind of broaden the, broaden the reach. So right now I'm, I'm really focused on, you know, writing content for classes and and coming up with new classes, I do adult cooking classes. It's all real food, no gluten, dairy, no no soy, no corn, no um, food dyes or chemicals. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I do that for adults. I do kid classes, um, teaching kids knife skills and, and how to actually cook a meal from start to finish um, so that they can cook for their families. Um, and I'm doing a lot of nutrition classes now too. I do some gut healing classes, you know, some gut workshops and some autoimmune classes to help people that have been diagnosed with autoimmune diseases and how to heal that with, with food. Um, and I started making elderberry syrup just kind of as a, as a side thing, just for a couple of clients here and there. And that morphed into a really large part of my business. So um, I produce and sell my own elderberry syrup here at Gut Check and that is um, awesome. I've seen people yeah. post about it and I've seen you post about it. And I'm like, wow, that, because elderberry <laughs> is an immune hack that people don't know about it. Let's double click on that really quickly. Talk to us yeah. about elderberry and the benefits that come from it and why you produce these syrups. Yeah. So elderberries are just naturally very high in antioxidants, right? A great boost for the immune system. I mean, just hands down, it's it's one of the the like you said the the great life hacks that you can do for your body especially during cold and flu season or covid mm-hmm. season or whatever season it is um <clears throat> just to give your immune system just a real big boost um to help fight off whatever bugs are kind of floating around that we're exposed to mm-hmm. um so i just started making it you know i've made it for my family forever but you know i would have all these clients contact me and say oh gosh you know what the flu season is so bad. What do we, what do we do? How do we stay healthy? I'm like, well, Hey, it comes down to what you're eating. Like yes. you have to eat clean, right? Get rid of the sugar, get rid of the processed food, like start there. But you know, you can add in some elderberry syrup. So I'd make it, you know, a couple bottles here and there for clients. <clears throat> and then I told my husband, I was like, you know what, maybe I'm going to just, I'll make like, you know, a case of these and just see, just put it out there for like porch pickup and see who, who, wants it yeah and they sold out in 24 hours <laughs> and it was so funny because my husband's like what nobody knows about elderberry syrup what are you talking about <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'll, do, I'll do a couple posts on it it'll be fine and then we just kind of looked at each other we're like okay well that was just a fluke and so i made another case and same thing and it just blew up into this you know i'm selling out it's just ridiculous amounts of of elderberry and people are noticing like oh my gosh this stuff really does work like my whole family 
had, you know, the start of the flu, we all started taking this and it nipped it in the bud really quick. Or I was around a bunch of people that were sick at work and I never got it because I've been taking my elderberry syrup every day. So, I mean, it's, it's been proven time and time again. There's so many studies out there on how it really boosts the immune system and, and, uh, and it helps fight off, you know, colds and bugs and flus and things. But, you know, even if you start to get a little bit of a tickle in the back of your throat, you're like, uh oh, something's up. Mm-hmm. But it has been proven just by taking this stuff early on um, and regularly. It, it definitely nips it in the bud real fast. So, yeah, that's been my experience as well. I was turned on to elderberry syrup about three years ago, and it's been a staple of my immune defense protocol uh, during the winter. Um, and I started having my kids take it as well. What what portions do you recommend people take like during during the flu season or when they feel that tickle in the back of their throat how much should they be consuming yeah well i mean they're all they're all different right there's mm-hmm. some of the the stuff that you find at the grocery store or whatever i mean a lot of them unfortunately this is why i started making it cuz a lot of the ones on the on the market are just full of corn syrup and food dyes and things like that and expensive and they're expensive yeah, yeah. so um you know Every every brand is different, so I don't mm-hmm. know the dosing of every yeah. single brand. But for ours, um, for what we make here, it's you know kids get a teaspoon mm. every day just as support. Yeah. Um, you can even do it twice a day just if you need a little extra extra nudge. But and then adults get a tablespoon once a day. And then if you start to feel a little tickle or if you feel like you're kind of run down, you're fighting something off, then you. You take that same dose every like four-ish hours mm-hmm. um, until symptoms go away. Yeah, and it, it works every time, especially if you catch it early on. Man, it's it's powerful stuff. Yeah, that does seem like the key to it is to catch it early on. That's kind of the yeah. the consult that I received as well. Like once you start feeling something, even if it's just a little bit, start taking it so you can nip it in the butt and get rid of it. But yeah, it does work yeah. totally. Um, so it does. Let's go into gut health a little bit. So you started gut check, and I'm curious, how would you go about testing and diagnosing a patient? with gut health issues like they come in they're not feeling great they think they have something going on how can you like objectively know that there are gut health issues present yeah um that's a good question so i don't i don't typically when i was seeing one-on-one clients um i wouldn't typically do a whole lot of testing because most people came to me with all the tests already Mm. right um and so a lot of it is you know I had questionnaires that they would fill out, health histories that they would fill out, food journals that they would fill out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would spend several hours with each client, you know, digging through all of this stuff and and seeing the. And this is what I'm trained in, right, to, to understand, you know, this symptom is related to this body function. Um, and so yeah. a lot of times people would come to me and I'd say, okay, well, your gallbladder is a wreck. You know, they're just like, oh, gosh, you know, I just my stomach hurts all the time and I'm, I'm nauseous or I have diarrhea or whatever. And I'm like, well, it's your gallbladder. It's not your small intestine, large intestine based on how you answered all of these questions mm. um, and based on, you know, what you're explaining that your your poops look like and how often. And mm-hmm. so it's, it was more um, just interviewing and, and really digging into the questions um, rather than testing because testing doesn't always show everything. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't seem like there are a bunch of extremely reliable and accurate tests, too. Exactly, um, exactly. And I guess realistically, too, the the vast, vast majority of us, like upper 90s percent, could probably use some gut healing. 
in our life, yeah, regardless absolutely. of where we're at. Exactly. Everybody can need, everybody could use a little, little boost here and there with that. But I mean, it's, it's so, it's so often I see people that, you know, they, they say, no, my gut is fine. My gut is fine. No, I have a skin issue or I have brain <laughs> fog or I have a hormonal issue. I'm like, Oh, but they all start in the gut. Yes, <laughs> yes people do not know that. It's the second brain. But uh, paradoxically, it's been known for millennia, right? I mean, mm -hmm. the, we have people in ancient Greece talking about like the gut feelings and the gut brain connection and, you yep. know, the sayings like I have a gut feeling or butterflies in mm -hmm. your stomach. Those things are not just random. Those are those are right? legitimate things that are occurring. <laughs> exactly. that are send, Our gut is sending us signals through the vagus nerve into our brain to tell us things. Um, yeah. So and we're just not taught that in, you know, regular in school, like in nutrition class. Right. We're taught the food guide pyramid and that's about yes, it. Exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. So someone approaches you, they have gut health issues. You can tell what are kind of the first steps you take with someone on the path to restoring their gut? Um, so we always look at food. We look at what's going in every day. Mm -hmm. um, and most of the time, you know, I look at food journals and it's not always like, oh, hey, I'm eating Taco Bell and Pizza Hut every day. I don't know why my, my stomach isn't feeling great. It's, yeah, it's usually yeah. not that bad. It's like, hey, I'm trying all the things, you know, I'm doing all the, the things that all the commercials tell me to buy. You know, I'm, I'm, drinking the protein powder that's full of whey and, and all these, you know, binders and fillers and, and crazy toxic things. Um, but people just don't know, right? They're, mm -hmm. they're drinking the shakes and they're like, I don't understand why it's, why it's a problem. So we look at the, at the food journals and we, we clear out all the processed garbage. We clear out all the things that are not actually food, that are chemicals, that are fillers, um, <clears throat> that are not nutrient dense. Like every mm -hmm. single bite you take needs to provide something for your body, some sort of fuel or energy or nutrient in some way. Mm -hmm. Um, and most of the stuff that the standard American diet consists of is not that yes. right. It's, it's just empty carbs. It's, you know, foods that, that, that feel good going in, but then the body just goes, well, what the heck am I supposed to do with this? I don't even recognize this as food. Like what, what, what bucket does this go in? Is yes. that a fat, a, a carb, a protein? I don't even know. <laughs> so let me just have an inflammatory response to handle it. Exactly. Exactly. So we look at food for sure. And, you know, with with the clients that I was seeing, I, I would sometimes use some supplements. Everybody wants a pill or a powder to take. Totally. Um, and half the time people don't need that. They just need to fix the food that's going in. Mm -hmm. Like clean that up. And you will be set. You don't need supplements, right? Mm -hmm. I would use supplements for people that were just, you know, completely malnourished and just couldn't function any any longer, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> you know, and just to kind of speed things along so that they could actually really get a jump start on the healing so that they can start absorbing the nutrients and the good food that they're going to start eating. So, um, but diet is where I always, always, always start. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing. And, you know, if we need some supplements, I'll go towards like some L-glutamine, you know, some zinc, some things like that just to help heal, depending on what they have going on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, food is always first for me. And there are a lot of practitioners out there that are like, no, supplements first, supplements first. I'm like, but mm. why not food? Like that's yeah. something that you eat all day, every day. Yeah. If you're putting, you know, poison in every day, you can't out supplement a bad diet. You exactly. Yeah. And the food might take care of what the supplement might address later, like the food might exactly. replace the supplement. Um, so yep. 
other than like the the obvious processed hydrogenated oils packaged goods like additives fake sweeteners that type of stuff that obviously are not good for us uh you mentioned gluten and dairy are there any other things that we should be mindful of of taking out of our diet um that stick out so if someone is struggling with with gut issues gluten and dairy for for one that's that's those are the ones that come out but then i start you know i always ask people are you looking at your ingredient labels? Most people mm-hmm. aren't. Mm-hmm. Most people are not labeled detectives, and half the time they skim over anything they can't pronounce, mm-hmm. and they just go, "Oh, that should be fine. It's it's in there." But you know, the government has said it's it's okay, so I trust it. Yeah. If you can't pronounce it, it's probably not food. Yes. Right. If it's got a number behind it, it is certainly not food. Mm-hmm. That is a chemical that was made in a lab by a guy in a, <laughs> in a white coat totally. with some beakers and you know goggles. So. That's the big thing is is take out anything that you can't pronounce mm-hmm. um, or something that you don't recognize as food. So like even the gums, there's a lot of gums and everything. Yes. And people with gut issues, man, those gums can just wreak havoc on your gut. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's in everything, right? As is canola oil. Canola oil yes. is one of the big things that they put in everything because it's cheap, right? Yeah. But mm-hmm. it's it's a rancid oil that your body doesn't know what to do with. Mm-hmm. Um and it, it causes more more issues than than not. So yeah, those hydrogenated you know, just, oils, bad news that are in bad. everything. Everything, canola oil, safflower oil, peanut yep. oil, all those oils are just highly, highly processed. They're not natural. I read that like no. they were first they were first produced by I think um, Procter and Gamble to be putting in soap. And then they're yeah. like, hey, this could be used for food as well. This is like a good little additive to, you know, preserve the food or make it taste better. And it's super cheap. So let's uh, make it smell different and let's put some different coloring in it so it doesn't look or smell weird. And then let's just start feeding the masses and then um, put it in everything and cause yeah. severe inflammation. It's, it's crazy. It's just the processing of all those oils. Like it takes high heat to extract the oil from the plant that it originated from Mm -hmm. and just that high heat you know it's an unstable oil so heat rancidifies it so they've got this like rancid oil dripping out of the plant and they're bottling it up going oh that smells terrible it's kind of cloudy and gross who's gonna buy this (laughs) and so they they say oh let's run it through a bunch of bleaches and solvents to get rid of the smell to neutralize it Mm -hmm. right well oh my gosh that's so overly processed so now you've got this rancid oil that no longer smells rancid so your body you know, is very confused when you put this in. And so, you know, with every bag of chips that you're reaching for or every, you know, cracker out of a box has this stuff in it, you know, over time it takes a toll on the body and the body just freaks out over over decades, right? So I see so many people that, that come through and they're like, oh, but we've always been told like canola oil is the good heart healthy oil. Yes. I'm like, You've been lied to. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. And it, like you said, it's everywhere. And I want to underscore reading um, the labels getting a habit of doing that because just marketing these days is genius. Like these companies are not yeah. idiots. They want you to buy their right. product and think they're healthy. So like, I love Costco. I'm a huge fan of Costco and they're starting to mm-hmm. offer more and more organic, good whole foods. And one of their yeah. products there, 
um, they have like this nut mix that's organic and it's like Brazil nuts and pecans and dried um, cranberries and sunflower mm-hmm. seeds. And I'm like, sweet. So I love this little snack, but I look on the back and it's all of those things, but then it's also safflower oil. Ah. And I'm like, dude, like, <laughs> why, why, why put that in there? You know, but to the average person who sees that, like it's organic, it's beautifully packaged, yep. it's fruit and nuts. How bad could it be? I'm going to eat this, you know, yeah. and then it's like, man, I'm eating this and I feel like crap and they never look at the oil. So I just want to encourage the listeners, start looking at the oil or start looking at the uh, nutrition facts and see what the ingredients are. And like you said, if you yeah. can't read them or if you see these different types of oils, then you should probably avoid it. I mean, it's, yep. it's, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. I know. I just, and I see, you know, people at Costco buying like the giant jug of canola oil oh, yeah. in the aisles. And I just like, I want to go slap it out of our hands. Like, stop it. I know. I know. Same. <laughs> so let's get into the cooking and shopping side of things because I myself love to cook. Um, yeah. And I'm the cook in my little family. Um, nice. And I like to cook clean, but that's not always. And I like to cook things that are tasty and clean and tasty don't always go well <laughs> together. You have to know what you're doing so let's say someone like me who wants to start cooking cleaner and wants to start really optimizing the the dinner that they're offering their family or the lunch that they're offering their family walk us through how you coach people to do that how do they go about uh, optimizing their kitchen game yeah so isn't that the million dollar question everybody wants to know how to how to make it easy so all of my classes are all about you know let's just keep it simple Let's just get back to basics mm. um, and clean it up. So, you know, I'm all about cleaning out the pantry, right? You go into your pantry and you start looking at labels and you go, okay, what needs to go? What has those crappy oils? What has things that I don't recognize? And then what's left is you've got, you know, like your olive oil, your avocado oil, your coconut oil, and you've got, you know, you should have more food in your fridge than you do your pantry. I mean, that's mm. just... That's what good. it comes down to. That's, That's where the good. real food lives, is in the pantry. Right? That's good. I love that. Nothing living is in your, your pantry. Mm, no. <laughs> so basically everything in the pantry is kind of a dead food. Um, so you really need to optimize what's going in your in your fridge. So once you clean out the pantry, then you can go to the fridge and say, okay, what am I going to put in here, right? And so that's you're going to do all of the organic like fruits and vegetables, all your produce, like cut it up, make it easy for yourself. Like when you come home from the grocery store or better yet, the farmer's market, like mm-hmm. just prep it, mm-hmm. wash it off, cut it up, put it in little containers or Ziploc bags, whatever. And then, you know, stock it up with all of your grass fed, you know, beef and your pasture raised chickens and your pastured eggs and, mm-hmm. um, you know, your wild caught seafood and, and things like that. So mm-hmm. that all you have to do is just, Pick a protein, pick a couple of vegetables, and if you're into like the starchy veggies like butternut squash or potatoes or sweet potatoes or whatever, or even like a white rice or something like, then you have yourself like a very simple, very clean meal. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't use a ton of spices when I cook because I, I want to taste the food, right? I, I don't want to mm-hmm. cover up this like amazing grass-fed steak with, you know, Mrs. Dash mm-hmm. or whatever seasoning like i want to taste this really good grass-fed grass-finished beef so you know the the palate changes over time too but you know just keep it simple so just pick a protein pick a couple of you know veggies or a couple of produce items and then like i said if you're going to go for a starchy thing then then add that 
mm-hmm. everybody's into the starchy things. I am totally a supporter of like, hey, let's throw in some sweet potatoes or some white rice or totally. or even like some gluten-free pasta that's just made with, with rice. Um, mm-hmm. I'm totally down for that because I've got kids too, right? You know, my kids don't eat as clean as, as I do, but because, yeah. um, you know, it's it's tough. It's, the struggle is real, even, mm-hmm. even with, with our family. So, you know, you've got to pick your battles, but... You know, you just got to keep it simple. So find, you know, I I guarantee you know five simple ways to make chicken. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you know five simple things to do with like ground beef, right? So make those things and make a lot of it so that you don't have to make it every single day. I'm all about batch cooking, right? Mm-hmm. Cooking a bunch of food at once so that you don't have to make dinner every single night. So, yeah. you know, if I'm going to make a pound of ground beef for some tacos tonight, you know what, I'm going to cook up an extra pound of ground beef so that I've got it in the fridge for, you know, the occasional, Hey, you know, this kid wants a quesadilla for a snack. I'm going to throw some ground beef in there, Mm -hmm. or I'm just going to throw this in with, you know, a sweet potato and whatever, some Mm -hmm. avocado. So it's, it's all about what do you have on hand ready to go at a moment's notice. So I always have like a rotisserie chicken, like an organic rotisserie chicken, all shredded up in the fridge because you just can't go wrong. You can throw it into a pasta dish. You can make tacos or salads with it or sandwiches or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's an easy hack just to always have a rotisserie chicken. Like shred it up because a lot of people are like, yeah, I bought the rotisserie chicken and then it's still sitting like whole mm-hmm. in the in the container and I just never got to it. Now I have to throw it away. So I'm like, bring it home and just shred it. Just pull it apart. Give that job to the kids. Kids love to do that. So yeah. give them a couple of forks and just let them hack away. <laughs> mm-hmm, totally. Yeah. I, I'm a big rotisserie chicken guy myself. Super convenient and easy. Um, how do you think about ratios on the food? Like as far as like how much should be meat, how much should be plant-based, all that. Do you give much thought into that? I don't. I, yeah. you know, I don't count macronutrients. Mm-hmm. I certainly, I, I don't count calories. I count chemicals. That's yeah. kind of my motto is stop counting calories and start counting chemicals your body will tell you when it's full your body will give you all the signals that you need to to support it but you just have to listen to it Mm -hmm. because our our bodies give us so many answers Mm -hmm. but a lot of times we're just covering our ears going la 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 la. i don't want to hear it i don't want to i don't want to admit to it or whatever it is yes you know your body's like i don't like that food or i'm craving this food Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know so many people are like, oh, I don't want to eat too many avocados. They're so fattening. I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. And, and the, the reality there is in order to listen to your body and notice when it doesn't like something, you have to, uh, be clean. You have to feel good prior to that, to feel, to notice that you now feel bad. But the majority Absolutely. of us are walking around unknowingly constantly feeling terrible just constantly like at this low Mm -hmm. level of poisoning that um we can eat a cheeseburger and it doesn't affect us that much because we are already poisoned or we can eat that taco (laughs) bell and it doesn't like we don't notice that big of a difference and that's something that i noticed on my journey is when i really started to eat clean something that was kind of lame about it was that i couldn't enjoy these uh, these old foods (laughs) that i used to be able to enjoy like dang it i just had in and out and now the rest of my day is ruined (laughs) you know (laughs) so um your body will once you let your body heal a little bit and you start to let it run on these clean sources of fuel you will start to be like a lot more hypersensitive to 
things that it doesn't like and and it doesn't disagree with and that's something also that people don't realize is that what disagrees with Stacy might agree with Nick and yep. you know might yep. be just okay for person number 3 over here because we all have this difference our physiological different reaction to to what we're feeding it and that comes down to our ancestry and like if you think about it logically like our ancestors that lived in in the the polar regions you know up in the north and in the south that for half of the year the ground was frozen they couldn't be yep. eating plants and right. fruits and stuff like that they they didn't have it so those those their genetics evolved with that they had to survive off the blubber and the oils and the dried yeah. meats and stuff like that but then you have people that are near the equator who had tons of plants all year round and their body started to evolve to hey we can eat fruits all day long we can eat veggies all day long legumes whatever it is all day long so those were passed down to us so a lot of us are like a combination of those things and that's why it takes a lot of trial and error to be like okay like i'm gonna try some of this and whoa my body reacted this way so i'm gonna cut that out like yesterday i was like super clean yesterday i'm usually super clean but yesterday i was I fasted until like noon. Um, I had some bulletproof coffee prior to that, but then I came home and and had some chicken, some rotisserie chicken. Um, I had a kiwi and I had some avocado. And then like an hour later, I was full and I just wanted a little something. My wife bought some oat milk and um, it's like a gluten-free organic oat milk. And I'm like, sweet. And I drank it. And about 20 minutes later, I had like a small glass of it. And about 20 minutes later, I just felt like crap like absolute oh, crap. No. Yeah. And it was like gluten free and all that. And I'm like, dang it. So although yep. this, this is organic and the packaging looks amazing and it looks healthy and it says it's gluten free and all these different things. Um, a lot of people would just drink that and then just think that it's okay. But sometimes our bodies have inflammatory responses to things that are good for some other people. And we just need to be aware of that. And it's like, okay, now I'm going to cut out oat milk i'm done with it you know i'm never gonna drink it again right (laughs) you know yeah just grains grains may not be your friend and that's it's oftentimes like the benign foods like the seemingly healthy foods i've had multiple clients that you know we clean things up and they start to become more aware of their body and the reactions that they have with food but sometimes things kind of slip through the cracks i had one lady that you know, she's like, Stacy, I'm I'm super clean. Like, look at my food journals. They're, I mean, it's legit. And I'm like, yep, sure is. She's like, but I'm getting headaches every single day at like three o'clock. I get a headache. And I'm hmm. like, okay, let's take a look. And I looked at the food journals. I looked at like ten days worth of food journals and was like, all right, here's the deal. Like, on these four days, you ate a handful of cashews at this time, and then you got a headache at this time. On these other days, you didn't eat any cashews, and you actually didn't get a headache. And I'm like, hmm. is it the cashews? Let's take them out and see. She took out the cashews and she's like, oh my gosh, headaches are gone. Like, I can't eat cashews. I'm like, well, I mean, that sucks that you can't eat cashews, but yay, we figured it out. So just switch to pistachios or macadamia nuts or whatever, right? Wow. Which she did and she was fine. But yeah. yeah, and some people it's, you know, bananas or whatever. It could be like a very benign, otherwise very healthy food for most people, but totally for your body totally yeah Yeah, and i think another hack there too which sounds a little woo woo but just hear me out listeners Mm -hmm. um is (laughs) is taking the time to consciously and mindfully smell what you're about to eat and see 
how your body feels when you smell it. Like if you smell this, Absolutely. you know, if you smell this broccoli or you smell these cashews or if you smell this banana or if you smell these dried, you know, apricots or whatever it is and your body like feels energized and like it you know you start to salivate and you know you you'll have certain feelings when you smell it and that's that's a good indicator of like yeah my body is going to agree with this if i consume it in a moderate amount um but if if you smell it and it smells like a little like "Eh," or it makes you feel a little (laughs) dizzy or something like that that is that is an easy hack to tell hopefully if if something is going to agree with your body or not 100 percent. it's that animal instinct right yes. that's that's what dogs do they smell everything yes before they put it in their mouth right and it's mm-hmm. it's so true so like one of the things we learned in school was this thing called a coco's pulse test and it's a really quick way to to know what your body um likes and dislikes so if you're trying to test a food like hey, i'm not really sure if this banana is something that my body likes right so you you take your, your resting pulse, like you sit down, you get calm, you put your feet on the ground, and you take your, your pulse with your fingers on your carotid artery on your neck, and for a full minute, you write that down, and then you take the food, like in this example, the banana, and you just put it in your mouth. You can chew it a little bit, but don't swallow it. Just let it hang out for like 30 seconds on your tongue so that you, your body really can take in the, the taste and the flavor. And then while it's still sitting there, after 30 seconds, you're going to take your pulse again for another minute, and write that down. And so if your pulse rate went up by six beats per minute or more, that's an inflammatory reaction. If your heart rate goes up more than six beats per minute, um, that's wow. an inflammatory reaction and you probably shouldn't eat it. <laughs> wow. That's fascinating. It's crazy. Yes. I've tested it on so many things because I thought in school, I was like, okay, that's super woo-woo. Yeah. I'm not even into that. Um, but, you know, I, I – for the longest time, I was, I'd get up in the morning. I'm like, yes, I'm super hungry. I'm going to go to the bathroom and brush my teeth. And then I'm going to go have a big breakfast. And by the time I got up to the kitchen, I was like, ick, I feel gross. I'm not hungry. Mm-hmm. My appetite would totally go away. And after learning this test, I was like, okay, well, what am I putting in my mouth between the time I wake up until I go to the kitchen? Toothpaste. And I mm-hmm. tested my toothpaste and my heart rate skyrocketed. It, it increased by like 20 beats per minute. And I was like, what? And I switched my toothpaste and the problem went away. Wow. (laughs) What toothpaste did you switch to? Oh, gosh. You know, I've switched my toothpaste so many times. Mm -hmm. Um, Every now and then I'll use like a doTERRA toothpaste that I like. Got you. Um, I've tried all the Toms of Maine. I don't really like any of those, but they they work. Mm -hmm. Um, And every now and then I'll still use my Colgate, to be honest with you. Sometimes it's still Colgate, but... Totally. As long as I, as long as I like oil pull in the morning, anything will work because that oil pulling makes everything feel so fresh and clean. So as long as I do that, oil pulling. Oil pulling is it goes back to like Ayurvedic medicine. So first thing in the morning before you put anything in your mouth, even a drink of water, Mm -hmm. you get a spoonful of coconut oil and you put it in your mouth and you just swish. Not like you would swish mouthwash, but just like pull it through the cracks in your teeth. And you do that for like up to 15 minutes. And most people, when they start, they're like, I could only do a minute. And I was like about to gag. But (laughs) you do that and it just pulls all the toxins out of your mouth. And you just like, it warms up and it'll, it you know, becomes liquid. Like this time of year, coconut oil is always solid. Yeah. It warms up and becomes liquefied. And you just like pull it through the cracks. Like while you're showering, you can just sit there and swish um, your, your coconut oil. And then you spit it out into like a little Dixie cup and throw it away because you don't want to spit it into your, um, your sink or down your drain because it'll clog um and definitely throw it away because it's now full of toxins and then you just like rinse with warm water and you brush like usual 
Um, but yeah, it's a really great like oral health hack. I had really bad receding gums for a long time. And every time I went to the dentist, they're like, oh, you need a, a gum what, like, transplant. And I'm like, that's not happening. There's no way. <laughs> and I started oil pulling for like six months. And uh, I came back and they're like, wait, what? What'd you do? I'm no like, way. I oil pull. Yeah. And then now every time I go, they're like, there's nothing to clean, Stacey. You have no tartar. I'm like, I know because I oil pull every day. What? That's it's amazing. Crazy. I've never even yeah. heard of that. So even if you have solid coconut oil, because I'm thinking of my coconut oil right now, which is just solid yep. white, you know, cream yep. almost in my cupboard. Um, so just take a spoonful of that as a solid, put it in your mouth, let it melt, which it will, yep. I'm assuming. And it then yeah. just push it through your teeth. Yeah, just nice and slow. You don't like I said, don't swish it like mouthwash because all of your little tiny muscles mm -hmm. will fatigue so quickly. Got but just you. like push it through all the spaces in your teeth. And I just keep like a little mason jar on my bathroom counter with like a little plastic spoon next to it. Mm. And uh, yeah, that's the first thing I put into my mouth. Like right when I get out of bed, I just go right for the coconut oil and I just start swishing. And my kids know like mom can't talk right now. She's got <laughs> coconut oil in her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, consider me an oil puller for now on for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, let me know how it goes. <laughs> yeah, I for sure will. What does the first hour of your morning usually look like? Oh, gosh. I mean, it's a little bonkers. It's because I've got kids in school, right? Mm -hmm. We've, we haven't stopped going to school. So we're, we're definitely thankful for that. So it's yeah, I get up. Thankfully, my husband is a rock star and he gets breakfast for the kids. So I can just kind of hang out and, and I'm terrible. That's like when I do most of my Instagram posts is when I'm just lying in bed, not wanting to get out of bed. <laughs> um, so that's when most of my content comes out. It's like 6am. But um, so yeah, I, I, I kind of hit the ground running with like work stuff in that mm -hmm. aspect, but um, yeah, I'll get up and I'll have, you know, like some warm, I've been trying to implement this warm water with lemon juice and ginger juice mm. um, just to kind of start my day. Um, so I'll do that. Do you do make that. your own ginger juice? No, I buy it. Um, yeah. yeah. The, what is it? That brand, the ginger people or something, the ones that make all the candies, they have like a ginger oh, yeah. juice in a glass jar. Yeah. So yeah, I just combine like store-bought lemon juice and store-bought ginger juice into a bottle and I just like put a little swig of that in some hot water in a coffee mug. Mm. So I don't drink coffee. Um, so I do that instead. And then... Why don't you drink yeah. coffee? Um, you know, I love coffee and my husband is like Mr. Coffee Connoisseur, but it just doesn't love me back. Mm. It just makes me a little jittery, even the decaf. Um, and it tends to upset my stomach. And I, I found this like acid-free coffee that was great but i'm just like yeah i think i just like the ritual of something warm in mm -hmm. my in my hands so at least in the winter months so i'll just go with the warm water mm. um why put my my body through the torture if it doesn't like it right it's, yeah. it's one of those things that my body's just like can we please not do that and i have to listen to it so <laughs> <laughs> as much as my taste buds are like but it's so good mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you, yeah so yeah go ahead do you fast at all I don't. Okay. I don't. I have had blood sugar issues in the past um, to where my blood sugar would just, you know, drop down to levels that just made me not functional. So mm -hmm. I try to keep my blood sugar stable. Um, I do test my blood sugar probably once a week in the morning, first thing, fasting, um, just to see where I'm at. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I don't fast. I know it works so well for so many people and mm -hmm. I, I never, I don't knock it unless you've got blood sugar issues. Um, then I'm like, oh my gosh, don't do it. But yeah, I try. I try to eat pretty regularly. Um, 
I mean, I eat three meals a day and I'll have a couple snacks throughout the day just when my body says, hey, we need more. Mm-hmm. But uh, for the most part, it's I'm pretty basic, very basic. <laughs> Do you have any uh, go to foods that help balance your blood sugar? Like I know some people will take like a, a spoonful of almond butter or whatever it is. Do you have any go to's? Um, any sort of fat, usually, um, any sort of fat. So it could be like a spoonful of coconut butter or, or any of the nut butters, seed butters. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, half of an avocado seems to help too. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't, it's, it's different for everybody, right? We all react so differently. And when I, when I first discovered my blood sugar issues years ago, um, I, my blood sugar was too high years ago. I was just, I, before I knew I was just eating fruit. Fruit was like, Oh, fruit's a freebie. Like you can eat as much fruit as you want. Right. Mm-hmm. And I put myself into like a pre-diabetic stage. Um, and so, yeah, now I just have to like really watch the fruit and I try not to eat too much of that. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, everybody's different. So I would, I would, I got kind of addicted to like testing my blood sugar. I'd always be like pricking my finger going, yeah. what is it now? Okay. I ate this. And what did that do? What did this avocado do? Oh, it spiked it. Oh, what did this rice do? So it's, it's you know, I learned from that experience and I just kind of say, okay, you know, my, my blood sugar feels really low right now, so maybe a little bit of white rice is going to be the thing that, that helps. Yeah. My blood sugar, I can tell, is too high, so let's put some fat in. Um, yeah, so it's different for everybody. We all react so differently to individual foods. What are the feelings associated with having low blood sugar that you experience or that most people experience? Oh, gosh, just, you know, super fatigue, just like mental fatigue. Mm. Um, you're just like some people even like start to kind of slur their words or they just can't get the words out. Like they can feel their brain working, but the words just aren't coming out of their mouths very well. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, just like ultra fatigue, just mm. like you just feel like I could just drop and take a nap at any given time. Um, and even like people, oftentimes this was my issue was um, I would eat like a full balanced meal, but then I would just like, about to fall asleep in my plate right after a meal yeah um so that was blood sugar issues and adrenal issues kind of combined into one but you know it was my body telling me things it was my body saying uh hello we Mm -hmm. have a problem like clean up on aisle four this is not okay (laughs) (laughs) and for years i'm like la 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 i don't know what's wrong with me yeah (laughs) yes yes we are all unfortunately doing that at times (laughs) so supplements i want to dive into that a little bit because i know that you um You've you've experimented and you uh, take quite a few um, consistently. So talk to me about some that have really moved the needle for you. Um, you know, personally, I don't take a ton right now. Um, in the past, I certainly took my fair share. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely like L-glutamine as far as healing the gut. That's a big one for repairing gut tissue, like the the mucosal lining in the uh, in the gut. So is, L-glutamine is a big one for that. Is that a liquid form or a capsule or powder? Uh, it's usually a powder, okay. yeah, that you just like sprinkle into some water. Um, sometimes you can get it in capsule form. I don't know that I've ever seen it in liquid, but that doesn't okay. it doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, and a lot of like weightlifters will take it just to help with like muscle recovery after a big a big um, weightlifting session. So. Mm. Um, a lot of times, like you used to be able to find it at GNC, but I mean, you can get it everywhere now. Whole Foods, Sprouts, everybody has it, Amazon. Um, so L-glutamine is a great one for the for repairing the gut. And then, you know, most people that have digestive issues, I'm talking like the, the upper GI stuff, like um, burping, um, excessive, like, like acid reflux, GERD, anything like that, even bloating, 
Um, most people that, that struggle with that sort of stuff could really benefit from some digestive enzymes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a great brand out there called Enzymedica, um, which you can get pretty much everywhere. Like every drugstore has it. Um, and it's just a great over the counter, just broad spectrum, like digestive enzyme. That's, that's great for everybody. They even make it chewable kid form. Mm. Um, but because, you know, kids struggle with that too. My, my son used to have like some serious burping issues and we started giving him digestive enzymes and it stopped. Hmm. Um, so it's just a great thing. You know, there, there's protease to break down the proteins. There's lipase to break down the fats and there's amylase to break down the carbohydrates. And it's just, it kind of pre-digests your food for you so that your body doesn't have to work so stinking hard to do it. Hmm. Um, most people, as we age, we don't make as much digestive enzymes as we actually need. Um, or as many digestive enzymes as we need. So sometimes it's, it's good to, to give your body a little boost and supplement that to just kind of give your body a break from having to work so hard. Mm-hmm. You take that right so, before you eat. Yeah, you take it with every meal, like mm-hmm. every balanced meal that has a fat, a protein, and a carbohydrate in it. Because if you take it, I made this mistake once. I took one, and I ended up just eating like some shrimp and was like, oh, never mind, I'm not going to eat. And then it just like the digestive enzymes and the shrimp in my belly were not happy. Mm. Um, <laughs> the digestive enzymes were looking for something to digest and they're like, all we got is a shrimp. There's nothing here. <laughs> so it's just uncomfortable. But, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, that's, that's a good one for like basic population. Um, a lot of times people that have like really bad acid reflux, heartburn, you know, they're taking antacids that the doctors have given them. Um, that's actually, um, it's really a, a low stomach acid issue. So, a lot of times, you know, you go to your doctor with heartburn and, and he says, oh, okay, you're, you're making too much stomach acid, so you need to take this antacid to tell your, your body to shut down acid production. You're making too much. That's actually not the case. Yes. Most people, it's low stomach acid, so everything sits in the stomach too long trying to become acidic before the small intestine will open up and let it through. Um, and then things start to ferment and, and putrefy and rancidify and things kind of bubble up into your esophagus and that's what's causing the, mm-hmm. the burning sensation. So... But if you've taken a pill that basically your brain now sends a signal to your, your pancreas and everything that says like, hey, stop making all this stuff, then you've got issues, right? You, yeah. you don't stand a chance of digesting. So a lot of times people with acid reflux, you know, we get them off their their antacids and we actually start putting acid in like betaine, HCL, mm-hmm. um, hydrochloric acid is what we put in. And that's again, you can buy that on, on just about any health food store shelf. Mm-hmm. Um, and you take that with every meal, especially meals that are higher in protein. Um, cause it really helps break down the proteins and man, that works like a charm. It works so well. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are like the big digestive supplements for, for the, you know, the common person that's like, Hey, I've got this, like I got the herbs and burps all the time. What do I do? How do I fix it? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I can uh, I can definitely attest to the HCL. That stuff has helped me a lot. And I know um, on top of that for digestive enzymes, there's there's a bunch of companies, but I know Onnit, O-N-N-I-T, makes a really good digestive enzyme pack that mm-hmm. is expensive but is definitely high quality. So yeah. I encourage people to check that out. Right on. Stacy. this has been wonderful. Uh, where can people find you online? Oh, gutcheckyourself.com is the website. Um, you can sign up for classes and stuff there. You can buy elderberry syrup there and ship. Um, um, and then if you're just looking for like more like just basic nutrition information, I'm always putting stuff on Instagram and Facebook. So Instagram is gut underscore check underscore yourself. Um, 
yeah, lots of lots of little tips and tricks in the kitchen and pantry cleanouts and and products that you know I've I've searched out and used as far as like food and snacky items that are you know healthier swaps mm. for a lot of the junky stuff. That's where I put all that. It's on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, your content is awesome, and I want to encourage you to keep doing what you do because it's helping people. I've seen it help people, so thank oh, you for thank that. You. Um, lastly, what does a life enchanted mean for you? Man, you know, I think it's searching for the magic in every part of your life, mm. right? So the magic of obviously food, like how it heals us, how it allows us, you know, time with our family and our loved ones when we prepare it, when we sit down to eat it, like that's a pretty magical thing. That's where you can make some memories. Um, but like the magic of, of just gratitude, for so much, including like what your body does and what it allows you to do each and every day like that. The body is so magical. Mm -hmm. So yes, and I'm just I'm really trying hard to just, you know, as as much as our bodies fail us sometimes, right, I just got out of knee surgery last week. So I'm just like, Oh, my body failed me. But really, no, my my knee failed me this one time, but only because I pushed it to the limits for my entire life. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm working on finding gratitude in my body rather than, you know, disappointment and how it failed me. So I think a lot of people could, could really stand to, you know, practice and flex that muscle a little bit of finding the gratitude um, for a lot of the little things. But you know, the magic just time spent with the people you love, Mm. right? Making memories, like I said, especially for us around food, that's super important to us. Um, So yeah, that's what it means to me. Amen. Thank you. The magic of gratitude. That's beautiful. Stacy, thank you so much. Thank you. A special thanks to King's Kaleidoscope for the music heard throughout this episode. Also, a big shout out to Capital Floats, aka my favorite sensory deprivation and float tank facility in Northern California. I'm a frequent user there, and the experience is always transformative to say the least. If you're interested in floating and live in Northern Cal, make sure you use promo code LIFEENCHANTED with no spaces at checkout on their website. You'll save a whopping 40% off your first float and you will not find that deal anywhere else. Also, in regards to some of the content shared in these episodes, make sure you always consult your doctor before making any sudden diet or lifestyle changes. If you're interested in connecting with me, you can find me on Instagram at nick.carlisle or send me an email nick at mylifeenchanted.com. 